I hope that you have a good grasp of what James has been teaching us uh, about you know, our faith and works and how it connects, how our faith should have a practical application as well. And as we are ending the series, we are going to also talk about the end. The end of the story. Specifically about our attitude and actions towards the Christian hope that we have that you know, our ending will be good. The Christian hope that you know, the king will return. So let me direct your attention to, to this breadcrumb belief statement. So, meron po tayong breadcrumb belief statement about Christ, about God, about uh, salvation, about the church. And the last part of that belief statement is about final things. So, dun sa ating belief statement, it says there, According to God's kingdom plan, Jesus Christ will return to earth bodily, uh, visibly, and gloriously to perfectly and fully establish His kingdom of righteousness and peace over all creation. That's probably one of the longest sentences I've ever mentioned. It includes His total and final and victory over sin, death, and Satan, the judgment for those who did not believe, and the glorious reward for those who believed in Him and loved His appearing. There will be new heaven and a new earth where God will dwell with His people. And in that glorious setting, there will be no more tears, death, mourning, crying, or pain. No curse, unclean thing, or even night will not be there. The glories of the nations will be there, and His servants will both serve Him and reign with Him forever and ever. And those are the scriptural References. That's a lot to take in, right? But how do you feel when you when you read through that passage? Ano yung pakiramdam nyo nung, nung binabasa natin yung passage? Excited, right? Excited. You're you're hopeful for that uh, for that to happen, and then you realize, wow, we are so far from that. We are so far from that. You're hearing, you know, conflict here, conflict there. You're hearing, you know, things going on around the world, things going on around the city, our nation, and going, things going around in your life. By the way, you can see the whole belief statement in our site, breadcomqc.life. So you can check out one of the uh, tabs there, beliefs. So you can check that, um, you know, the whole belief statement. Looking at this belief statement about the final things and looking at where we are, we just say, ah, I just hope that happens soon. (laughs) Because it's just so exhausting. But you know what? What does Jesus say about, about the final things? He also has something to say about this. And this is what he said in Matthew 24. So, kinukwento niya yung mangyayari sa temple and then, and then the disciples nilapitan nila si Jesus privately at tinanong nila si Jesus, Jesus, could you tell us kailan mangyayari ang mga bagay na to? Ano yung mga sign at saka mga signal na darating ka na and matatapos na yung, yung, yung mangyayari na yung end of the world? And Jesus told them, December 12, 2012. <laughs> Did he put a date on that? 
Sabi niya, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic, Jesus says. And you will, um, and you will hear, uh, yes, this, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. So don't panic, pero hindi pa tapos, sabi ni Jesus. Nations will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but then there's more. All this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. And then Jesus says, I'm going to uh, skip to verse 37. When the Son of Man returns, okay, so the word that Jesus used is when, not if, all right? When the Son of Man, Son of Man meaning Jesus, that's the title he always puts to himself, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets. They were yellowing their lives away. Parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. So, what... What's the emotion going through like now reading this passage? So kung yung una, wow, I'm, Lord, I'm excited for that to happen. And then you read this directly from Jesus that says, you know what, it's going to be difficult. Many will fall away. You know, people will deceive people. Nations will go to war against each other. There will, there will be famines, but don't panic. But things, more things will come. So you're, we are here and then we're, we're looking forward to this and we are not sure ano yung mangyayari in between how can we be able to be ready for the return of the king. And that's the reminder of Jesus to, to his disciples. Dahil hindi mo alam kung kailan ako babalik, you need to be ready. Dahil hindi mo alam kung kailan ako babalik at ito yung mararanasan mo, you need to be ready every single day. And so, this is how, you know, how we are conditioned to prepare. You know, this is how the world, you know, our action and, and act, uh, attitude and actions towards the end. It is conditioned by the media. How many of you, do you watch this uh, National Geographic uh, series on doomsday preppers? You know, people prepare for doomsday. It's real. They're preparing their homes for, an, for whatever kind of catastrophe that's going to happen. And then, you know, imagining the end of the world, uh, Hollywood describes it in you know, different ways. Either zombie apocalypse, you have Walking Dead, World War Z, you have uh, I Am Legend, what else? And dami pang, you know, movies about zombie apocalypse. And then, you know, the, the world will end with an asteroid hitting the earth. Uh, the, the world will end on 2012. So, <laughs> so it happened already. Um, or whatever disaster it's going to happen. So, yung, yung action natin at saka yung attitude natin towards the end of the world can be motivated by two things. Number one, 
fear. And this is fear. You know, doomsday preppers, yung, yung end of the world scenario. But there's an equally dangerous attitude and that is, you know, you're just, you're just chilling, not a care in the world. And this is sadly more common in, in churches. More common with Christians. Because we understand, save naman ako eh. Pupunta naman ako sa langit. So, wala na lang akong gagawin. Nahayaan ko na lang itong mga nangyayaring to, And I will just enjoy the time that I have here in the world. So, those are extreme attitudes that we may experience. Either we are so afraid of what is going to happen or we do not care at all. So this afternoon, as we end the series of James, let me present with you what is a healthy attitude and action towards waiting for Christ's return. How can we be really ready as Christ told His disciples? So just three things in our passage that will help us be ready for the return of the King. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the last chapter of James chapter 5 so we are ending this early James chapter 5 7 to 20 just keep it open we will not read it together we'll just read as we go along so three things that will help us be ready for the return of the king first is we need to be patient in our suffering let us be patient in our suffering. So, see si Jesus, si Apostle Paul, si Apostle Peter, and even James, sila ay consistent in saying, you know what? If you're a Christian, there will always be suffering. If you're a Christian, hindi ka exempted sa suffering. You will always experience that. But as you experience those sufferings, James instructs us to be patient. Be patient. So verse 7 says, Be patient therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer, ito yung illustration ni, ni James, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the earthly, early and late rain. You also, just like the farmer, be patient. Establish your heart. Medyo panindi, pa, patapangin mo yung, yung, uh, uh, yung, yung puso. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against each other, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So just looking at this passage, I can see and mention two reasons why we can be patient in our suffering. Number one, Kaya kaya nating uh, maghintay at uh, panindigan yung ating uh, yung ating kahirapan is like a farmer you are waiting for the results. Your suffering will produce something. It will not be in vain. And that's what we have learned in James chapter 1 that our suffering consider it pure joy brothers and sisters because your suffering produces endurance. There will always be fruit to our suffering. Maaring hindi natin nakikita yung, 
yung bunga ng ating kahirapan at paghihirap ngayon kasi nasa ilalim pa ng lupa. Nakalubog pa yung, yung fruit na mararanasan natin supposedly uh, through our suffering. And number two, second reason why we can be patient even as we suffer is because when Christ returns, He will set things right. When Christ returns, He will set things right. Ang description na binigay dito ni James tungkol kay Jesus is He is the judge. And the judge, and last time with the care group with uh, Deacon Melba and the rest of the group, we were, we were talking about God the just. And we describe justice and, and being just as someone who will do whatever needs to be done to set things right. And that's what Jesus does, right? He will do whatever it takes to set things right. So if you're suffering because you were wronged by someone, you are suffering at the expense of, you know, because of what someone did to you. You're suffering because uh, you feel ikaw ay naargabyado. The return of the king means, you know, whatever wrong that has been done to you, the judge will set things right. He will set things straight. So while waiting, while waiting, brothers and sisters, we can stay the course, we can hang in there, we can endure the suffering, and we can be patient. You know, when we talk about, when we talk about Patience, parang iba na yung description niya ngayon, maybe 50 years ago, right? You know, the world that we have right now is making life comfortable, but it's also making us more impatient, right? Do you agree? Our life is more easy now, but we are becoming more more impatient. Just imagine your phone, right? Just imagine your phone. Ano yung pwede mo magawa sa telepono mo? So you can you can text someone, you can call someone, you can order food. If you told someone 20 years ago that it happens right now, they will not believe you. What else can you do? You can pay. You can pay your bills. You can post at the moment pictures. <laughs> Pwede kang mag-bank transactions, everything in one device. And so, it makes you more and more impatient na hindi ka na masaya <laughs> sa 2 Mbps na speed. Eh dati, dial up lang tayo. Dati, kailangan kapag sinabi mo, nagmag-meet kayo ng 2.30 sa isang lugar, dapat nandun ka ng 2.30 sa lugar na yon kasi walang way para masabi mong malilate ka. Dapat nandun ka. So it, ma- it makes us more and more, you know, it's, make- it's making our lives easier, but it's making us more impatient. Um, a few days ago, uh, I was about to go home from a travel so I had a big bag. Nandun ako sa Trinoma. So naghanap ako ng pila ng taxi. So sabi ko dun sa guard, boss, dito yung pila, no? So umuo naman siya. So okay naman, nakapila naman kami. But then, merong, merong ale na naglakad lang. Talagang nilakaran lang kami. Lakad lang ng ganun. 
pumunta dun sa isang taxi, sumakay. Ako parang, ano nangyari? Anong nangyari? As in, so, apat kaming nakapila, dumaan lang siyang biglang ganun, sumakay dun sa taxi na nakapila na. And then the taxi just went off. And I was just looking at the taxi pagdaan. Say ko, pumila ka ng matagal eh. Tapos biglang may gaganon. You know what? It happened twice. There was a couple, so sabi nila, nagtanong pa sa akin, uh, dito po yung pila ng taxi. Say ko, opo, ito po yung pila. Ah, yun palang pila. Sabi niya, akaso hindi yan dadaan sa atin, medyo malayong ikot yan. Laka tayo dun sa unahan. Ginanon pa sa harapan ko. Tapos sumakay. Sumakay ng, ng taxi. Pina, na, nakita siguro ng guard na medyo displeased na ako. So, hina, ang ginawa ng, ng guard, pinituhan niya yung taxi. Sabi niya, huwag mo pasakayin yan, huwag mo pasakayin. Alari. <laughs> sumakay din. So, wala namang couple dito, no, na nakita niyo ako sa Trinoma. Wala naman. Alright. So, it's making us more and more impatient because life is so easy that we can take a grab or taxi wherever we like. But you know what? What I experienced was not suffering. It's inconvenience. I was really ashamed with how I reacted. That was just inconvenience and not suffering. And James, you know, just talking about suffering gives an illustration, gives us a man who actually suffered. Sabi niya dun sa example, siya na nagbigay ng illustration. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. So, sa Greek, we have learned many weeks ago, hipomeno, okay, to endure. You have heard the steadfastness, hipomone, of a Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. You know, you know the story of Job, right? Yung, yung back story, how you know, the Lord is so proud of him and said to, to the devil and said, Nakita mo yung anak ko, si Job? Galing niya, no? Sabi ni, nung, sabi ni Satan, Lord, kaya ka lang naman wino worship niyan kasi he has everything. Tanggalin mo yung mga property niya, tanggalin mo yung pamilya niya, he will curse you. Sabi ni Lord, go ahead, but do not kill him. And that's what happened, right? So long story short, those things happened and this is how and this is how Job responded to that experience. Job 120 Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. So keep that in mind. Job is not crazy. He's not laughing or celebrating when he said this. He said this in grief. All right? He said this and when he was in anguish. Then he shaved his head. That's a you know, symbol of mourning. And fell to the ground. He fell to the ground for what? He fell to the ground to worship and he said I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away praise the name of the Lord even in the time of suffering Job said praise the name of the Lord Job is not crazy he was experiencing grief and suffering but even in this grief 
and suffering, he can say, praise the name of the Lord. That's suffering, brothers and sisters. That's not just inconvenience. So, you know, we really need to, you know, just a pastoral reminder, we really need to to see if we are suffering or maybe we're just experiencing inconvenience. You know, slow internet connection is inconvenience. It's not suffering. No Wi-Fi in a cafe is not suffering. Guys, <laughs> no walang mocha frappuccino sa Starbucks, hindi end of the world. Okay? Hindi yun suffering. It's, it's inconvenience. So we really need to reflect what I'm, yung nararanasan ko ba, is it really suffering or just inconvenience? So I hope, you know, we, we appreciate that we live at a time in history where things are more convenient than ever before. I'm not saying it's all bad. I enjoy it. I enjoy that I can watch Netflix or HBO on my phone or tablet anytime. I can catch up on my binge watching of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I, let's appreciate that, but also let's have a healthy perspective that all these things, no matter how good, can all be gone. No matter how good, can all be gone. And also, beyond that, we can look forward to the day that all these temporary things, again, no matter how good, they will be replaced by something infinitely better. All these things that we consider as source of our satisfaction will be replaced by eternal satisfaction in the Lord forever and ever and ever. And that's something that we can look forward to and that we can be patient in suffering when we fix our eyes on that. And that will happen when Christ returns. So again, you, you experience in Job, it's, it's really unimaginable. In fact, you would say, people would say yung, yung narrative or yung story in Job is hard to believe because it's a myth. It's a legend. It's not historically accurate. Right? Ayun yung, yun yung uh, explanation of many people. There's no evidence that someone named Job uh, exists in the world. It's just a legend. But you know what? We have a historically verifiable account of a suffering that's greater than Job's. And that's the suffering of Jesus. You know why Jesus' suffering is better than Job's? Because Jesus' suffering is for your sake, for my sake. He suffered not for his own sake, but for our sake. He not only suffered, he also endured. So, you know, we quote this from time to time, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, hippomeno, endured the cross scorning its shame as sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We can endure suffering. We can wait patiently because Jesus experienced the greatest suffering of all for our sake. 
And you know what will happen when we wait patiently, even if we suffer? You know, we recognize, you know, there's no need for me to be angry with that woman at the taxi line. There's no need for me to lash out at people and complain. We recognize our priorities. We know our strengths and weaknesses. We can say no to the things that we cannot do. We can say yes to the things that we can do because what we are just hoping is for the return of the king. And God has given us a gift to help us be patient in suffering. Binigyan tayo ng Panginoon ng isang regalo para matulungan tayong maging patient sa ating kahirapan. And that is called prayer. Prayer is a gift. And this is our second point. We only, we not only become, uh, we're also persistent in our, in our prayer, not just patient in our suffering. So, ang ating pong panalangin, mga kapatid, it's not just a requirement when you became a Christian. It's not something that you do to experience moral, you know, moral high ground. It's a gift from God. While, that while we are waiting for His return, we are calling on Him for encouragement, for support, for help. Look at this in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Sagot ni James, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be Forgiven. That's the power of persistent prayer. Let me just say two things here about prayer. You know, the Bible, especially in the New Testament, you know, tells us and teaches us about the importance of prayer and communing with God. But two things here about this passage that I would like to say about prayer. Number one, we need to pray consistently. We need to pray consistently. Whether you are suffering or whether you are cheerful, James says, pray. Whether you are experiencing this difficult time in your life or whether you have something to praise the Lord for, pray. Pray. Prayer is not just something that we do when we are in need. Prayer is also something that we do when we say, Lord, thank you. Lord, you are so good. So, you know, our I was, we had this uh, worship time with our music team a few years few weeks back and we were we were saying you know our our songs it can be prayer uh, our songs can be prayer because it's something that we sing to the lord it's something that we sing to the lord just think of the songs that we sing think of the the songs that we sing today Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams in my darkest hour. That's a prayer. That's a beautiful prayer. Lord, sakupin mo ang buhay ko in every aspect of my life, even in my darkest times, you would be 
king over my life. It's a prayer that we sing. And it's a prayer that we remember because it's, you know, it's being said creatively. So pray consistently. Also pray collectively. Okay? Pray consistently and pray collectively. And you see it here that when someone is sick in a specific situation, may sakit yung isang tao, let him call the elders of the church. Ibig sabihin po nito, if you are experiencing suffering, you know, we can, you can call the leaders of the church to pray for you. That you don't have to do it by yourself. That you can ask the help of others to pray together, especially in the time that you are that you are sick. By the way, just a, a quick reminder, you know, some of our leaders and some of our volunteers gather together every Wednesday, 5.30 to 7 p.m. And it started maybe late May, and started officially June. We've been praying for some prayer concerns of our church, specific people in our church. Kapag alam namin yung, uh, yung prayer concern, we've been doing that since June and we would like to continue doing that. And if you want to participate, that's, that's for everyone. That's not just for the leaders. That's not just for people who know how to pray. Baka ang concern kasi nyo, Pastor, hindi ako pwede dyan, hindi ako magaling magpray. You know how you learn to pray? You pray. <laughs> you learn to pray by praying. Alam mo yung prayer bago yung Lord's Prayer? Do you remember that Lord's Prayer? Our Father in Heaven, Merong prayer ang mga disciples before that. You know their prayer? Lord, teach us how to pray. And we can start there. We can say, Lord, I don't know what to pray. Teach me. Teach me to pray. So you learn to pray by praying. You also learn by connecting yourself with those who pray regularly. So again, let me invite you you know, if, if you are available uh, Wednesday afternoon, just join us in, in praying. And aside from that, you know, uh, we'd like to hear your, your concerns and how we can pray for you. You know, our covenant commitment as leaders of the church is to pray for our members. That's our covenant commitment to our members. To pray for your needs, to pray for, for the flock, and we cannot pray for you if we, you don't tell us what to pray for. And so, my encouragement is not just to give us prayer lists. Although that's good, tell us, you know, just text or message, Pastor, could you pray for this? Pastor, uh, I, I'm concerned about this, could you pray for this? But more than that, we want to get to know you even better beyond your prayer concerns. So, you know, invite us in your home. You don't have to prepare food. We can, we can bring food. Invite us in your home. We can pray for your family. We can encourage you. We can get to know more about you. So pray consistently. Pray collectively. And here's one very important that I singled out because I really want to f- focus on this. Verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sin to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So you only not pray um, consistently and pray collectively with the church. You also pray confessionally. That's not a word, but I'm using it anyway. You confess in your prayer. You know, prayer, um, prayer is a gift. That's what I said, right? Confession is a gift within a gift. It's also a gift. You know why? It prevents your soul from drying out. It prevents your heart from hardening. How many of you have a pressure cooker at home? Pressure cooker, right? You use that to cook, ano? Cook hard meat, right? Sorry, I'm not good at cooking this. So uh, you need to help me on this. So pressure cooker, so magluluto yung asawa ko, lalagay doon beef, right? Kasi kailangan gumamit noon para lumambot. Pero yung pressure cooker, merong, an- an tawag doon sa ibabaw? Yung parang release cap. Ano yung release noon? Pressure. Bakit kailangan i-release? Sasabog. Kailangan, you press on it, right? Or it's just automatic. I don't know, sorry. <laughs> automatic siya, it's just releasing, right? Kasi gamit nung nanay ko, kailangan pindutin na ng konti <laughs> para mag-release. You know, that's what confession does to your heart. It releases the pressure inside your heart that's boiling up there. If you don't bring it out, it, you will just explode. Confession, brothers and sisters, is a gift. It's a gift. And if we don't use this gift, it will manifest physically in the form of sickness. You know, there's, all, there's a study, ongoing study right now. Because there's um, mga tao na hindi nakapagpatawad, mga tao na hindi nasabi yung kanilang saloobin, are more susceptible to stress, depression, heart attack, and even cancer. There's an ongoing study of that. And there's, you know, there's, you know science is slowly discovering this now, that there is a connection between confession, forgiveness, and healing. That people who experience confession, people who release forgiveness are more susceptible for healing and recovery. But you know what? Science is discovering it now. David knew it all before. Look at this. This is a psalm of David's Psalm 32 verse verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whom whose spirit there is no deceit. Here's what he said verse 3. For when I kept silent, what happened? My bones wasted away just like a pressure cooker. My bones wasted away because I did not let the pressure out. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up by the heat of that pressure cooker in my heart. Selah. And we talked about that cellar just, you know, 
consider this, reflect on this, pause on this. And that's what David is doing. I'm reflecting on what, what's happening inside my heart. And then verse 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Pause and consider the weight of that message. That's what Selah means. David knew the importance of confession, forgiveness, and healing. Eh, Pastor, si David, in-acknowledge niya yung sin niya to God, hindi naman to people, right? Sabi niya, I acknowledge my sin to you. That's true. That's true. But you know what? You're reading the confession of King David right now. So his life is an open book. He's confessing even to us right now. E.W. Howe said this, The man who can keep a secret may be wise, but he is not half as wise as the man with no secrets to keep. You know what's sad? What's sad is you know, there are many Christian communities where you find people that's having difficulty to confess. And because of that, you have people living double lives. That in church gatherings, people are nice, happy, normal people. But outside, totally different. I can't wait for the time. You know, I really hope that time will happen. That we can just freely confess to each other our weaknesses. That we can just say, hey, you need to help me on this because this is my struggle. You need to help me on this because if you don't help me, I'm going to explode. I'm going to need your help and I'm confessing my sin to you. Again, you know, James uses an illustration from the Old Testament. From Job, he now uses Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently, that it might not rain. By the way, ito ang prayer natin sa ating retreat, that it will not rain for those three days. Elijah was praying for three years and six months it did not rain. By the way, it's been raining for days now, right? How, you know, how awesome it would be for us to just pray, Lord, no rains, please. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth bore it's fruit. How amazing Elijah was, right? How many of you would like to be Elijah when you pray? Things happen. You know, when you pray, Lord, no rains on August 25 to 27, kasi No rains, please, and it happens. That's amazing. That's Sabini James, that's how Elijah was. But you know what the encouragement here? In encouragement ni James sa atin, Elijah was just like you and me. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know why? 
Because with all those great things that Elijah did, he also had depression. With all those things that Elijah conquered and all those battles, sabi niya kay God, Lord, kunin mo na ako. Lord, kunin mo na ako. He was also like us. He experienced the highs and lows of life. But yet, the Lord heard his prayer. But you know what? There's a better Elijah that we can depend on, and that's Jesus, who lives to intercede for us. So, let us be persistent in our prayer. We pray consistently, we pray collectively, and we pray confessionally. The last. The last attitude and action that we need to have until we see Christ's return is to be proactive in restoring others to faith. Verse 19 says, My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings him back, brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sin. Let me just emphasize one thing here, and that is anyone. Anyone. What does that mean? Anyone can drift away from faith. Anyone, whether you're a leader of the church, you're a volunteer, you're a visitor, whether you're an old, you know, long-time Christian, or whether you're a new Christian, anyone can wander from the faith. You know why? Because like the song that we sing, our hearts are prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love. That's our nature. We wander away. But the good news is, anyone also can be used by God to restore others. It's not just the leaders, the elders, the deacons, the pastors, the mature Christians who can restore others back to faith. You and me, we can be used by God to restore people into the faith. You know, one of the one of the great experiences I have talking about resto- restoration. Um, I was one of those who wandered away from faith many years ago, and just you know, one person just wrote a, a, a letter. Just a, a, a brother wrote a letter and said, "You know, the Lord is offering us all second chances, and that's all He needs to say." for me to be affirmed that the Lord calls me back. And then another brother said, simple lang yung sinabi niya, I've, been, I've not been going to the church for many times at that time, and then when I visited, I was not connecting with anyone, and then this guy said, hey bro, I miss you. I miss you. And that's it. I was just, that was the moment I said, Lord, you're calling me back. And I was restored. Bakit kailangan proactive tayo in our restoration of others? Being proactive means to take the first step because you know what? 
people who are wandering will not make the first step to be restored. Maybe they are unaware that they are wandering or drifting away. They don't know what is going on or they don't like to return. So we need to be proactive in wooing them. We need to be proactive in pursuing the people that we do not see anymore, that we are seeing, you know, there's something off in their lives and we can just reach out to them because they will not reach out to you. We need to be proactive in reaching out to them. Is there really a need to restore people, especially in the last days? Yes. And that's what, uh, that's what Timothy heard from Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, Sabini Paul to Timothy, in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather, rather than lovers of God. And I think this is the I think this is the hardest statement here, despite all of those description. Having appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Now, if I'm going to paraphrase this, this means they may be going to church, but spiritually dead. You may see them in church, but they are spiritually dead. But instead of pushing them away, we need to proactively restore them to faith. Let me share with you three tools, very important things, if you want to restore someone when they are drifting away. Three things. First is prayer. Before even attempting to restore someone, pray for that person first. Pray for that person first. You know, as you pray for that person that you want to be restored, you know, these things will happen. Number one, the Lord will mold your heart to develop compassion over that person. Makaka-develop ka ng compassion. The Lord will shape your heart in saying, you know, you need to be compassionate over this person. And so you will get, you will have the desire to get to know the person. You will be sensitive to his needs and her needs. Number two, the Lord will show you your own weaknesses and your need for grace. As you pray for that person, you say, Lord, I'm praying for this so-and-so. I think he's struggling with this. And the, as you pray for that, you realize, Lord, forgive me because I'm conceited. Now, I think I'm in a good spot in my life and I also need your grace. Number three, the Lord will give you wisdom on how to address that person. As you pray, you're thinking, ah, i-restore ko yung brother na, na hindi ko na nakikita. And this is what I tell him. This is what I'm going to do. This is my approach. And then in your prayer, the Lord will remind you, you don't need to say those things. Kamustahin mo lang. Alamin mo lang nangyayari sa buhay niya. Baka naman may problem lang with the family. Another thing that will happen, number four, the Lord will cause things to work so that you will have opportunity to restore that person. 
as you pray for that person, the Lord will just cause things to work together for you to have an opportunity to restore that person. So, first tool, very important, is that you need to pray for the one that you desire to restore. And connected with that is love. Connected with that is love. Please, don't even attempt to restore someone if it's not coming from a loving heart. You need to examine our hearts first. If you are going to correct, rebuke, or restore someone, and you know in your heart that you, have, you don't have care or compassion or love towards that person, don't do it first. Don't do it. Just pray. Love. First Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is at hand. Peter is also talking about the last things. Therefore, be self-controlled and be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another, an description, earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. You know, loving others will take a lot of effort, and it's going to be worth it. A couple weeks back, uh, a friend of mine called me, uh, messaged me on Facebook, said, Bro, busy ka ba? Ganyan, ganyan. Say, okay naman. Pwede ba akong tumawag? So he called and said, Hey, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. And pwede ka bang etong date na to, I want you to officiate my wedding. I was excited. Sige, okay naman yan. By the way, this guy, this guy I met in church. This guy I was with in the music ministry. And he said, by the way, bro, I want you to officiate my wedding, pero keep in mind, agnostic ako. So, I was actually, I don't know what to say. And so I just asked, uh, bakit, bakit mo gustong ako ang mag-officiate ng wedding mo? And he said, I actually thought of four other people. But ikaw lang yung hindi ako i-judge. You know my life. I can be open to you. And if you want, I'd be delighted for you to officiate my wedding. And then he talked, you know, discussed more private things. Uh, then, sabi ko, sige, let's, let's meet together. I want to meet your, your future spouse. And then let's, let's talk it over. I want to be honest with you, I had struggled there because I don't know what to do. In my heart, part of my heart was judging him. Part of my heart was just, you know, I want to reach out. And because of that, hindi ako immediately nagsabing, sige, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. I haven't met him since then because I've been praying for him. Because when I, when I meet him face to face, I want to, for that to happen in, in my, when my heart is ready to love him and accept him for whatever happened in his life. No, our friends who would say they're atheists or agnostic, they're really not atheists and agnostic. 
most of them. They're just angry. They're just angry at God. They just need answers. Sometimes they need love. You know, if just if people would experience more love in the church, they would say, I would love to be part of your community. So we need prayer, very important. We need love, again, very important. The last is the most important. You need the gospel to restore someone. You need the gospel. Because even if you pray for the person, even if you love the person, your love and your prayer will not change a person's heart. Only the gospel can change a person's heart. Only the gospel. And how amazing would that be if you have been praying for that person, you are growing to love that person kahit na mahirap, and then you proclaim the gospel to that person. You remind him of the good news of Jesus Christ. Again, the chapter 4 of uh, the charge of Paul to Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God of, and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his return, his appearing in his kingdom, his, this is his charge. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, reprove, and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion if you need to restore someone if the Lord is leading you to restore someone aside from prayer and love you need to have a full grasp of the good news of Jesus Christ in your life. And that's the only thing that you share that will change the person's heart. Now, I'm so grateful for, for people used by God to restore me when I was wandering from my faith. And I'm thankful for, for those who prayed for me and loved me enough to com- confront me of my sins and able to restore me. But more than prayers and love, which are really amazing, what pierced my heart every single time is the message of the gospel. That even while I am drifting away, even while I am a sinner, God demonstrated His love for me on the cross. He sent His Son to take my place so that I can be called His Son as well. So if you want to proactively restore someone in the faith, you know they are slowly drifting away. You know, sometimes yung drifting away, hindi kailangan biglang ganun eh. Hindi biglang kanan, biglang kaliwa. Dahan-dahan, paunti-unti, palayo ng palayo ng palayo. What you need is prayer, love, and ultimately, the gospel. Let me summarize. Until Christ returns, these are the things that we, you know, I encourage us to do. Until Christ returns, let us be patient in our suffering because it produces results, it produces fruits. And when Christ returns, He will set things right. Let us be persistent in prayer. We can pray consistently, collectively with the elders and the leaders of the church and pray confessionally. Just let it all out. Lastly, let us be proactive in restoring others and what we need there is prayer, love, 
and the gospel. Let me end with two poems. I love poems. I love songs. Let me end with two of them. The first one came from, you know, everyone's favorite story, Chronicles of Narnia, right? Uh, the first book of the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and, you know, it's been used every single time. You know, uh, you know the story of that? Four siblings in the time of war, they were transported in a place called, called Narnia. But the first book, the first book hinges on the return of someone, right? It hinges on the return of this someone called Aslan. When the four children uh, reached Narnia, it was winter time and everything was dead. And part of that book is this statement, this poem. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. Maybe you're feeling that in your life it's like Narnia in winter time. Nothing is happening. It's dead. Or you feel like you've been longing for something to happen in your life. The Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Word Obsessed, Aslan is on the move. He is about to return. And just wait for that to happen. And when that happens, wrongs will be right. And I love this song that we sing from time to time. This is a good uh, reminder for me every time we sing this. The fourth stanza of a hymn called In Christ Alone by uh, Getty and uh, Stuart Townend. It says, fourth stanza, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hands. Listen to this. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ, I will stand. There will come a time, brothers and sisters, that there is no need for us to be patiently waiting uh, in our suffering. There will come a time that there is no need to seek God in prayer because we will see Him face to face. There will come a time, brothers and sisters, that we don't need to restore others because we will all be complete. And that will happen when the King returns. But until that day comes, while we are here, we stand in the power of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, as we imagine the end of all things, we are bombarded with images and worries of our lives, of our time, of our situation. But when we are reminded 
of what you said in Revelations. Behold, I am making everything new. And that gives us hope. Lord, as we are waiting for your return, allow us to be patient even while we suffer. Allow us, Lord, to continue and pursue praying, Lord God. Praying and calling on you and saying, Lord, we are waiting, we are suffering, but we have hope in you. Allow us, Lord, to pray consistently through the ups and downs of our lives. Allow us, Lord God, to pray collectively that we will take the first step to reach out to our brothers and sisters, even to our elders, to ask for their prayer as well. Lord, that we will be a church that prays together, that meets together to pray, not just to give our petitions to you, but to also praise your name. Allow us, Lord, to pray collectively, but also creatively, that our songs will be about you and to you. Our prayers, Lord God, will be about thanksgiving for what you are doing in our lives in a prayer and a song of faith that we are saying, Lord, we don't have guilt or fear no more because of you. Lord, I pray that you will help us confess our sins towards each other. That your gospel will free us from that fear to be exposed because we know, Lord God, the cause of keeping our sins to ourselves will be even more devastating. Allow us, Lord God, to lovingly confess to one another without any judgment and just lifting our hands in need of grace from you. And Lord, as we are reminded of people who need restoration, Lord, allow this church, allow the families in this church and in our communities to be a place where restoration is happening. And it starts, Lord God, when we pray for people. We pray for them by name. And as we pray for them, you will develop compassion in our hearts. That you will cause opportunities, Lord God, things to work together so that we, they will be restored. Lord, help us grow in love so that we can lovingly restore others. That our, our restoration will not only be a process will not be a program, but our restoration process will be a time, Lord God, for us to experience your grace and your goodness. And I pray, Lord God, that we'll also be a community that's proclaiming the gospel, the most important thing for people to hear so that hearts will be changed. And Lord, just like the song, we are standing only in your power. And as we wait, for you to return as we wait for you to set things right for the wrong things to be right for the winter to become spring for the dryness in our lives to become fruitfulness Lord we put our hope in you alone and we look forward to the day Lord God that all these things will happen and we will rejoice because there will be no more tears no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. But until that day comes, allow us, Lord, to rejoice that even as we gather Sunday after Sunday, we are a day nearer to your return. Come, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.